everyone. Welcome to episode 17. We bring back Trey Bruffy of Be Opposite Training. He is my guest host for episode 17, and we get into it. Uh, coaches, if you're out there, you're going to love this. We talk about what it's like to go out on your own, uh, quit that job, and do that coaching for full time. So, uh, and if you're not a coach, you're going to love it. We're going to talk some training stuff in this episode. So if you're looking for some training tips and tricks, this is the episode for you also. So excited to bring back Trey as our guest host on episode 17. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Make it a great day. everybody. Welcome to episode, oh my God, 17 of the Parallel Physiques podcast. Things are looking a little different today. We have Trey Bruffy with us again from Be Opposite Training. I shouldn't say with us. Kenneth is, how do we say, indisposed this week. He has an athlete at a, uh, at a show. Super excited for that. Um, so instead of Kenneth, we have Trey. We're going to check in with Trey here. Trey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I have a little more excitement in my voice than you do. This is so exciting for me to see you. I'm so, we haven't talked to you since, uh, yeah. When you were just kind of leaving your corporate job Correct. and then coming into your own with functional health coaching and your own kind of gym space, which by the way is amazing. Again, I have to tell you, I follow you of course on Instagram. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you need to follow him on Instagram, be opposite training. So good. So tell us what's been going on and how it's, uh, let's see what you're six months in. Um, it's been, it's been like 18 or 19 weeks. I didn't start until mid January. So yeah. Um, it's been good. It's very busy. It actually grew a lot more than I suspected. Um, when I was at my job at Rogue, um, I had to limit, I could only take on 10 people at once. And that was both in person and online. Oh, um, whoa. And I had an hour there. commute. Yeah, oh. I, I couldn't do anything. So it's an hour commute. We'd always have constant overtime. There'd be times we'd be 50 to 60 hours a week at times. Okay. Usually it's 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. And what was happening is I would have to do all my online stuff on the weekends because I wasn't remote anymore. I was back in the office. Ah. Um, so I just was not able to take on many people. And the people I did take on, they were long-term people. Like I really hadn't tried to get a client or really hadn't entertained it. Maybe one periodically. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of focused on my people um, to the best of my ability and then went from there but since i have left i have added there's not been a week i haven't added one since i've been home what Um, so i'm at almost 40 people now um and that's your functional training or is that a combination because you train people so most of my in-person are nutrition have transition nutrition as well um in terms of solely in person i've only added three um and i was i have not even tried to get that going mm-hmm. um personally because all of this kind of blew up before i had a chance to even work on that so i haven't went around to the schools like i want to right. or tried to go locally or um a big thing that 
other successful in-person trainers that have their own studios was to join the chamber of commerce. Yeah. I haven't done any of that because I haven't even had the chance. The plan was for me to set up the website, work on some backend stuff. And then I got destroyed with taxes to take care of that yeah. first. And then during the summer, try to actively grow it. But it kind of, it grew in a, like a very positive manner. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was not expected as well. So a lot of that in-person stuff has kind of been put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. um, I still do it. I mean, I still train in person about 20 to 25 hours a week on top of online, which is more than enough. Mm -hmm. But I have not attempted to even try to grow that. But it's been really good. It's been um, hard to adjust to get used to being on a schedule. I'm still trying to figure out how to schedule this time for this, this time for that. And also trying to figure out how to balance working for myself full time and then also my wife. That's been a really big struggle. I would say that's been the hardest thing. Um, that's definitely ruffled our relationship at times. Mm -hmm. um, but now in the last couple of weeks, we've sat down and figured out a plan for ways I can maybe set off times that I don't work mm -hmm. um, or maybe... Um, set different boundaries with clients. So an example of one thing we do is um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to her work and eat lunch with her for an hour. Um, so I'll pack her lunch and mine, and then we'll go to the park. That's right next to her physical therapy office and we'll eat lunch for an hour. And then I'll head back and I'll get back to work. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's one thing. Friday nights, I cut off work at five. Mm -hmm. um, and then we spend the evening together. And then I try to make Saturday night and some of Sunday. Um, time with her so it's all been really good it's it's I could never have imagined any of this I know when I had talked to y'all I was very unsure um of how things were gonna go I know Austin Stout which that's a common theme you're always gonna see me talk about him he was the person that kind of one of the main ones that pushed me to leave yeah um Kenneth was the first one that really told me to get my head out of my butt and just leave mm. But Austin was a big one that um, there's always been a respect thing since my first real job out of college was with working for him as gym. So there's just like a big brother mentality with there that when he thought I would be successful doing it, I just did it. And when we had talked about it, I had never dreamed like it would have had this much growth or right. where things would be financially um right. that's not like a hey cocky thing i just never would have dreamed it at all so it's been great it's just still adjusting um and kind of pulling back the reins so it doesn't grow too too much to where yeah. it's uncontrollable there's that that fine line right you could you could let it go crazy and then you're behind the eight ball with everything and that you know, you kind of dilute everything. You want to make sure that your standards are high, your values are still there, and you're doing the best you can at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's great. So your business took off at a rate that you didn't expect. And wasn't even planning it. And it's so interesting that you say that because so many people, you know, you spend most, most people, and I too spent most of my life working for someone else. So everything, and you don't even think about it when you have a job working for someone else, like they dictate every moment of your life when you're at work. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, I know some people have asked me like, what have I done? <clears throat> Cause I still haven't formally, like y'all know, but I still haven't formally announced anywhere that I left my job. Most people don't know it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like most of my family does it. My dad does, and that's it. Um, my father-in-law and mother-in-law randomly found out by accident because my wife let it slip. That mm. was not something I was really going to advertise. Um, and I haven't really formally advertised it, but I really don't know why it blew up. All I can tell you is my focus is to provide the best service possible. Um, with response times, hey, if someone needs a call, let's jump on a call, mm-hmm. um, treat people good, that type of thing. And then it's just kind of to turn into the referral thing. And the other thing, like I think we've spoke about was, I do the referral process where every person you send, you get a hundred to two hundred dollars from me. Yeah, um, that that is a very common thing I do. That people refer people. Like Austin will periodically send me someone, or it's a lot of times clients that will send it. There's trainers that are in Columbus that are about an hour from me that I've made the connections with that I do nutrition for their clients. That now they send me nutrition people because they know they're going to get money regardless, right. um, which in general only benefits them as a trainer because I do the hard work of the nutrition and lifestyle stuff. And all you got to do is show up for them and bam, you've got progress. Mm -hmm. So like, I I think that was one of them. I'm really like my social media is very mediocre. I just post clients all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I might make a random post once a month, like as a permanent post, but usually it's just stories of clients training or messages from clients or photos or something like that. That's, that's all I've done. And the only thing I can draw it to is just spending more time with everyone. Um, just treating them good. And I think that referral stuff has helped. Um, a good thing that I tell some is if you do that referral thing, when you send someone money, take a screenshot and post it. Because mm-hmm. I get clients from people that are not clients that I've never even talked to. I, one of the most recent ones, a random guy had known about me in some of the Facebook groups and bodybuilding groups. He had sent me one. Guy signed up for six months. Cool. And uh, I had saw where this specific guy had tagged me. I said, hey, message him. Say, hey, appreciate you sending this guy. What's your Venmo? And he's like, for what? I was like, I got a referral to give to you. He's like, oh, I didn't even know about that. I don't need it. Keep the money. I was like, no, like, what's your Venmo? And I still sent it to him anyways. He didn't have to get it. Like, I could have easily been a sleazeball and not sent him anything because he didn't know about it. But I'm very big on, like, you do good things it'll come back to you eventually that's just how and it the, is. you know when <laughs> i love that you for all you coaches out there if you're a coach and you're listening or you want to be a coach or whatever wherever you are in your life trey you said something so powerful you're like i don't know how this happened all i know and basically what you said if i'm just gonna you know paraphrase it was you poured back into your clients and you focused on doing the good work right and right by people. That's what you focused on. You didn't focus on, oh my God, I wanna get 10 clients today. Like you see all those ads, like we can get you a hundred clients in three weeks, right? It's because that's not, if you focus on that, you might get people, sure, you might get people, but you're not gonna do well for them because that's, you're not focusing on doing well for people. Right. And that I would guess, if if I'm I'm big into what the, what we put to the universe comes back, and you're just you're just you're just letting everybody know I'm loving on you, and people go I want you to love on everybody I love, so you should do this right. Yeah, and it, it seems that it work well. I, I think that if that's the biggest thing, people is like, I know we're all so obsessed with social media, mm. but I really don't think that's the answer. Um, I don't really. 
Kenneth gets on me and thinks I should post more education stuff on some of the gut health. I mean, we were just talking about stuff that you and him didn't realize with gut health stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just not someone to post that. I've just always wanted to be known as a guy that takes care of his clients and they get progress. I don't, if you want to find out what I do know, like you could obviously message me and do that type of thing, but I've never been that guy that just wants to put out information. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, it can benefit clients, but again, I think we're in a world where it's all information overload for everyone Oh yeah. that I don't like to put that out because I don't like to be part of the problem. Um, and I think I run into that too much now that I would much rather just say, Hey, here's my clients. This is what we're doing. That type of thing. Um, if you're interested and you obviously reach out and if you're not, then that's fine as well. You can always reach out, but I don't think there's any secret formula of you got to post three stories a day or post this reel this day or follow this trend of right. that or post one specific thing. I, I think just people like a real person and I still struggle with that. I, I very much struggle that most people don't know who I am beside behind mm-hmm. clients. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I actively work on, but I think like the simple thing, if, if you're trying to grow whatever business is just treat people right. Yeah. Um, and try to do the best you can. And again, maybe for some, that might mean you have to be honest to someone and say, Hey, I, maybe I'm not the best fit for you, mm-hmm. for what your goals are. Um, I would love to help you, but at the same time, I don't want to take your money type of thing. And I know for us clients, I say me, you, Kenneth, because we're obviously not of the Jeffrey Sue's or the Austin's or the Jason Theobald's or anyone like that. It's got hundreds of clients and income coming in. But at the same time, you're still doing the right thing and not just taking their money. I, I really firmly believe that if you do the right thing enough, like it might not feel like it's come back, but it eventually will mm-hmm. in some shape or form. It, it Somehow it will. I mean, whether you, whatever religion or spiritual thing anyone believes in, like I do firmly believe that that's the secret is just be good to people mm-hmm. and spread positivity and just try to help them the best you can. And it's that it's so much of society right now is goal focused, right? We have this this um, achievement addiction that we have to hit this goal, then make another one, hit a goal, make another. And when you do that with people, and you're like, I want to get five people, I want to get ten people, I want to get the next person, the next person, the next person, right? You are in being inauthentic, and you're not yeah. it, because what you're saying is enjoy the process of working with people right? Enjoy the steps that it takes. Put your head down, get in the game, man. That's yeah, the that's game thing. because the end goal isn't going to get you what you think it's going to get you. Yeah. It's personally going to burn you out and you're going to get miserable. It's a common thing that I tell clients. Like I, you can use this analogy or example for anything in life, but a common thing I'll tell clients is <clears throat> let's say, Let's just say Kenneth. Let's say Kenneth reached out to me and said, hey, I, I really want to put on some muscle and get in the best shape of my life. Cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. What, what do you want to do? Oh, I'm willing to do anything. So you got Kenneth A. He's willing to do anything you tell him. Everything. And then you got Kenneth B. And we'll get to Kenneth B in a second. But Kenneth A is willing to do everything. He will take every drug. He will do every gut protocol. He'll do every <laughs> lab work. He'll do every supplement. He will take every set to failure. He will do every single thing. He will not do a cheat meal, have a holiday dinner, have an anniversary dinner. He will not do anything off plan unless he's instructed to. Um, 
he'll take each bite and chew it 30 times and make sure it digests properly and does his <laughs> 10 minute walks to make sure he gets his blood glucose and then tilt his butt in the air. So he gets enough sunlight to it to <laughs> autophagy. Right. That's Kenneth A. Right. And Kenneth A does that for two years and he gets to his goal. He's at his ultimate best, but those whole two years, he did so much damage to himself that he didn't realize he cut out all of his friends and family. Mm-hmm. He put his job on the back burner. He put his mental health on the back burner. Um, and now at two years, Kenneth A is so burnt out and he wants to take a break. So he takes he a looks break. Amazing. He looks he amazing. Looks amazing. But amazing. He, he takes a break and he's like, well, I'm going to take a vacation. And he goes to take a vacation, but all those people and all those things he cut out, no one wants to do a single thing with him. Mm-hmm. So he has ruined his whole life that he didn't realize in order to achieve that goal. So then Kenneth A continues to take a break. He gains 10 pounds of fat. He, sl- he still looks good, but he's slowly, six months go by, he's gotten fatter. A year goes by, he's back to way before where he was in the beginning. That's Kenneth A. He has no one there. His job is in the crapper and everything. So now you got Kenneth B. Same goals. Cool. But Kenneth B is not going to miss a single holiday. He's not going to miss um, time with their kids. Um, he's not going to obsess everything. If his wife wants to, um, I'm going to probably cry because this I, this always messes with me because I was Kenneth A. Um, and I don't have all these people anymore. That's why this is like a big deal to me. But uh, but Kenneth B, he's understanding that it's okay to have some normalcy in life. It's okay to eat that meal out. It's okay to maybe not get 10,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay not to do X, Y, Z. He follows more of that 80, 85%, sure. 15 to 20%. And in four years, he gets the same place Kenneth A was in two years. Exact same. The difference is, is that Kenneth B can do this for another 15 to 20 years. But at the same time, he did not miss out on any of those moments. He did not lose those friends or the relationships. His job is going great. His mental health is great. That Kenneth B, even though it took him a little bit longer, he's going to shine for years to come. And he's going to flourish in every aspect. Mm. It's the same thing with coaching. If you're a coach, you can be Kenneth A, and you can rush to get as many classes as you can. And in two years, you're going to burn out. You're going to be running a cookie cutter coaching company. Yeah, you made your quick million dollars or whatever. Yeah, You spent your million dollars too on stupid stuff. And now guess what? You're back at your job working a nine to five mm-hmm. and no one knows who you are anymore. You're not that guy anymore. You're just the guy that took everybody's money and you didn't take care of them. But then you got Kenneth B who chose to treat everybody right. He chose to not take someone's money if he didn't feel like they could help him or if he felt like he couldn't help them. He took them on and said, this way I can help with. I just want you to know I do have mentors I work with that will help along the way, which right. that's what I do. I'm very transparent of people I mentor with that if there's something that comes up, I do ask them. Um, oh, honestly, isn't that, that's how we all are. Isn't that how we should be? That's how we should we be. We can't know everything. Correct. Yeah. So Kenneth B does the same thing coaching. Again, in four years, Kenneth B is as successful as Kenneth A. The difference is, is everybody loves Kenneth B. It's in constantly grow and flourish, and he's not going to be a burnout coast doing some other BS job on the side. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a two different sides, and I get emo- very emotional when I talk about it. Almost every time I give that example to someone, I always get emotional with it because I was at Kenneth A with everything. 
um, when I was bodybuilding and when I started coaching at 17, 17 and 22, I was exactly like that and burnt myself out and totally went backwards that I can tell you nothing sucks more than when you hyper-focus on something so bad and you get successful and it works out great. You don't know what to do when crap hits the wall and all those people you pushed away or was arrogant or mistreated poorly. It's hard for a lot of people to forgive and it sucks to have to tuck your tail between your legs and say sorry and try to fix those relationships. Mm -hmm. Because that's still something I actively have worked on since mid 2020. Mm-hmm. And I still work on today. But if there's anything so far we've talked about, I would listen to that, whether you are a coach or a client, always choose the B option and cho- choose the sustainable option. We're all about being optimal. Mm-hmm. But it's not optimal if it's not sustainable. Sure. If you go more sustainable, if it's too sustainable, where you're too lax, well, now it's not optimal. Now you're not going anywhere. I think that should take four years. It's going to take you 30 years. Again, it's optimal, but sustainable. It's a happy mix of the two. So sorry to get off track, but. No, you're not off track, man. That's great. And it's, it's so important to, to, to look back on those things. And they say, you don't, uh, you don't fail unless, you know, the only reason you fail is if you don't learn from it. Right. Right. So you either win or you learn. And along the way, you're along the way, we all have more learning opportunities than we have winning opportunities. And for you to go through that and learn that in your late teens, that's a that's a win, because you know what? Most people don't learn that or never learn that. But if they do, it's 30s, 40s. I mean, it's down the road for you to learn that so early. Mm-hmm. Now, even though, yes, there's some regret in there that you did do that, you didn't know any better. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're doing. And and you're passing that information on to others. I think that is as coaches, I think that's our biggest thing that that we're passionate about is we have this knowledge. Maybe we did these things. Maybe we did the stupidest shit, you know, and and what I don't want, like I tell people this all the time is like, I was that I was I was Kenneth A. I was Kenneth A about my exercise. I started exercising. I got my first gym membership when I was 16. My dad gave it to me as a present for my birthday. I exercised. I would like go to the gym at 1030 at night. I exercised all the time. I exercised myself and ate nothing right into anorexia at the age of 17. And bulimia exercise was my bulimia right so i did that i didn't know what i was doing i did that until i was 39 years old yeah. i did it till i was 39 i did it in different ways right because i just kept changing and thinking no i'm better now i was not better i was not better yep. you know and and so that's why we as coaches it's like we can look at other people and go oh yeah that oh yep see me i see me I don't want you to be me. Don't be me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Be me now, not me then. Let's fix this. And I was just honestly talking to a potential client today is um, there's so like you talked about initially, there's so there's too much information, too much information out there. There's mu- misinformation, too much information, like people get so overwhelmed. And that's why it, and that's one of the biggest reasons that I became a coach and I focus just on doing this 
and getting away from, you know, I was in education before and all the other, right. It's like, this is what needs to happen because no one, there's too much out there and people need help and they don't even know that they need help because they're looking at the next big thing, the next big thing. Hi, semaglutide. Yep. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Until you start like shitting your life out and <laughs> the hollow cheeks. I, th- I love how everybody now talks about like the hollow cheeks. Like that's the least of your concerns at this point. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Dang people. So I love, thank you for sharing that. that yeah, of course. And that I really to put like a point on that is the fact that because you are vulnerable, because you are courageous, because you share who you are, that's why your business is growing. I appreciate that. It's, it's the, well, I'm glad you appreciate it. It's the truth, right? Because if we are disingenuous or if we are just this very polished, perfect, I got fit for my pictures on my Instagram, person we aren't we we don't connect with people and they don't connect with us right exactly right you gotta be vulnerable because everybody i don't know okay so tell you tell me about this here's the deal i believe everybody who comes to me is in such a state that if i was not vulnerable and open to telling them my all my stuff and who i am and just like tearing open you know tearing open the veil they wouldn't talk to me because they are coming to me in such a vulnerable state I would agree. I mean, I have a lot of guys, guys and girls, um, that I get pretty open with them. There's a lot of stuff that they struggle with that I have to give, go into the dark places of things that I deal with, or I'll have some, maybe they ignore their wives and I, or husbands, whatever. Um, and I explain, I give those, those examples. Like I always tell people all of the dumb things I did, or maybe, um, the regrets I have and just, so they can see hey you're not alone like you're struggling with things too but also your coaches but we can agree that there's ways that we can address it um the biggest breakthroughs come when you make that connection and they go oh my god you do that too yep i'm not alone yeah common ones therapy i mean yeah tell everybody to do therapy (laughs) i start back in june yeah i mean everyone needs it I'm telling you, address yourself. It's not a bad thing. Therapy yeah. is not a bad word. Yeah. Don't just oh. look at your food intake. Look at the things that yep. are like happening in your brain. So important. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So talk to me about your training. Talk to me about the training. So here's what I see on Facebook, like, or Instagram, yeah. I should say, not Facebook. But um, like you said, and your shirt is glowing. This is the perfect time to talk about it. I love your logo. Um, Thank you. You post, like you said, you post your client stuff, which is great because you know what I have, I have clients who are like, Hey, are you going to put me on Instagram today? Cause of that, right. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll put you on Instagram. Um, but they love to see it, but that is what you focus on because you want people to see themselves and mm-hmm. you want people to see themselves in your clients doing the work. So that's yep. what you focus on, yep. right? 100%. So talk to, us, talk to us about your training. I think what's really great is you have this, not only when we think of functional coaching, we talk a lot about nutrition, gut health, hormone, yeah. all the things. We we don't focus as much on the training aspect of it. Right. And as functional health coaches, we understand that you can train yourself into a hole. 
And the things that we do in the other areas are greatly impacted by how you do your training. So yeah. I would love, since you are so knowledgeable mm -hmm. about the training piece, why don't we dig in and talk a little bit more, kind of focus a little bit more on that as opposed to the other pieces of functional health coaching yeah. that we do. Yeah, of course. So like, again, the training part's a big thing. Um, that's kind of why I got back to the in-person training. Um, I'll be honest, at least half the people don't do nutrition with me that I see in person. Um, I just say, Hey, do this, try to get a protein serving three to four times a day and get a serving of fruits and veggies with it. Eat that first. And then whatever you want with the rest of the meal, go for it. I don't care. McDonald's, you, you name it, <laughs> drink your water and, and go for a few walks a week and you're fine. And usually that does a trick because once they fill up on the protein and veggies, Usually they don't have much room for anything else. And even then they start feeling good and they see progress. So, oh, what, I wonder what happened with this and so on. But the training is a huge, huge key. They, you got two ends of the spectrum. Either A, people don't train hard enough. Mm -hmm. Or B, you uh, train too hard. Um, I guess there's other ends of the spectrum where maybe people are stuck in certain planes of motion, maybe not addressing injuries, that type of thing. Um, but I'd say regardless whether it's a functional issue or not, if I do get to handle anyone's training, cause I have some people that they want to do their training and it's, it's fine. I don't like it to be that way, but, um, some just prefer to do their own thing and I just give them some information they could take into consideration. Mm. But I would say no matter who you are, I do start working on a lot of the injury prevention stuff, um, or a lot of the knee health and elbow health stuff regardless of what what you are so i kind of start from the bottom up and work on all of it and i would say like a lot of the clients i have especially in person they notice that right away that it's very not only is it functional health it's kind of functional training and i don't mean like mobility crap and stuff like that but the, we do a lot of stuff to work around the injuries and it's the same thing if you have a functional health issue it's the same like to me is if you do have a gut issue we do need to pull back on training um some shape or form um, I usually like to lower the reps a little bit, mm -hmm. keep it kind of like that four to eight rep range and maybe lower the intensity slightly, mm -hmm. um, maybe nothing to failure and maybe change them to two to three times a week. That might be two full body days. Maybe it's upper, lower, upper one week, the next week it's lower, upper, lower. It depends. That's two examples of what I'd use, but I also take that as a time for us to work on things. Maybe they didn't focus on. Um, let's spend more time where you're definitely going to send me videos or if you're coming here in person, we're going to work, work on just your squat form and make sure we are optimizing every movement, mm -hmm. every issue that they maybe had in terms of low back or knee or anything. We're going to optimize all of that. And the way I kind of sell it or try to get that buy-in for people is like, cool, we're taking this time to focus on your internal health. Now, the external health, let's focus on the things that would benefit training. So I kind of use this as an all-encompassing time to optimize them for what's to come after whatever protocol or I don't like to say protocol, but whatever thing we're doing, um, whether it's gut health, hormonal, adrenal, it doesn't matter. Um, let's take this time to really optimize everything. So that can look a few different ways, but I would say the common thing is two to three days of training. I think it's more than enough. Mm -hmm. Because usually you're going to be at maintenance and I'm also going to use as a time to maybe clean up a little bit of body fat mm -hmm. if possible, or maybe recomp, but I'm not doing anything to put you in like a 
drastic fat loss phase or a drastic muscle building phase or strength phase or anything like that. I will say that training is more strength-esque with it being lower rep range. Sure. Um, it can almost be, I guess, I I don't even know what the term I'd use. I mean, maybe strongman-esque where it's heavy, but we're kind of doing some conditioning mm-hmm. type work. Um, but like a breakdown of maybe how I do it, let, let's say – I would say the common one I've been doing lately with a lot of in-person and online people is kind of like day one, upper day, day two, lower day, um, or usually be lower and then upper day three is more of like accessory slash conditioning day. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that. Um, and what we will spend a lot of time doing is on both of those upper and lower days is really focusing on the joints. So joint integrity. So maybe if you think about males, we, women, you don't notice this that much, but males, when they're doing any back movements, they're just explosive and they're just throwing the weight around. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what I resort to is straight up body weight. And what we might do is like YWT ISO holds. And that's where you're laying on a bench prone, make a YWT. Mm-hmm. And it always cracks me up because every male maybe can only get through 10 to 30 seconds per letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and a female can crank out a minute like it's nothing because usually women have that joint integrity that men don't take the time to focus on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Men are just like more weight, more weight, go to failure, that type of thing. So I might do things like that. Right. We might do things like a lot of um, supination, pronation work for wrists and elbow health. Um, maybe we do a lot of like some mobility stuff like cars or pails and rails, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of functional esque with yeah. a bodybuilding spin to it. You can still maintain tissue mm-hmm. with a couple heavy movements and be good to go. Again, I think of this as more maintenance phase and we might see a recomp there. We maybe. Um, so that's kind of like the upper, the lower. Now we're going to focus on a lot of more like knee health stuff. Um, so we're going to be hammering the crap out of calves, tibia work. There's gonna be a tons of tibia work. Um, you'll notice a lot of it is a lot of Ben Patrick stuff. So knees over toes training. Yep. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. And as some people say, it's a joke, but I used it with myself first because I'd had really bad knees, saw good results. And I have used it with clients that have ACL tears that never got it fixed. People that had patella tendon ruptures, people that just their knees were killing them. And it's always worked if you put in the time for it. The problem is, is most people, if they feel healthy, they're not going to put the time they're in. Putting it. the time in, right? Yeah, because they're not yeah. see, thinking long term. It's just kind of like any health phase. Yeah, we're doing this for what's to come in the future. Again, that goes back to that Kenneth A. Kenneth B. mentality. Kenneth B. understands long term. They're not thinking about what's happening in the next twelve weeks. So and that's that's really hard for people because the mentality in a weight room it's it's a strange thing, right? Even if you've never been in a weight room, it's as if you walk in this weight room and the weights go just throw everything you got on the bar, right? Yeah. Everybody has this mentality of always doing heavier, always yeah. doing more. And it's funny that you mentioned um guys versus girls, right? Because um I go in four days a week to the high school weight room in the mornings and I have the kids are on an app and I train them and I do it for free because I love them and someone, you know, my God, give, let's give them a good base. Right. And, um, and it's so funny when I first started doing it, there were four girls 
who really wanted to train and my husband's the superintendent and they walked by the weight room and he was there and it was in the afternoon and they're like well we just don't feel comfortable coming in here because we're girls this isn't a space for us and i'm quoting this isn't a space for us and my husband said hey i'm gonna have my wife come in you come in tomorrow and i came in and i was like this is our space i don't give a hoot and the difference is and they've i've talked to them about this the difference is women will walk past the weight room and know that they don't know and they will continue walking men or boys will walk in the weight room because they see their buddy and they go i don't care if i don't know i'm gonna go in and do it anyway right yep. <laughs> right 100 so, so to be able, I think I love that you're equating that with like a gut health phase or any kind of right any kind of time we have to go through a phase where things have to be brought back down less intensity less volume because yep. we got to give your body a break is to go, this is the perfect time to get that form because everybody knows when your squat isn't deep enough everybody knows when you're just kind of using your back to get those bicep curls in right we all know that. And we need someone to go like you, Trey, to go, hey, 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 wait a minute. We need to work on this. We need to make this yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like a really good time to do all of that. Um, like <clears throat> a good example, um, there's a the bigger black gentleman I always post, Devin. Mm-hmm. I post him 24-7. He's, geez, since October. So however many months that is, um, he's been training with me in person. He comes three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. And we train for maybe like an hour and a half um, together. And he was someone that he came to me, lots of gut issues. Um, he used to be a bodybuilder. He used to be semi-pro football player. He was a linebacker for University of Oregon in like 06, 07. Okay. So he was a good athlete and he was a trainer himself um, in the past and obviously got really out of shape. But with him, he's battling all these gut issues. He was having tons of shoulder issues and knee issues and that type of thing. And obviously that first session, I kicked his ass and <laughs> just so you get a taste to get that buy-in. Sure. And then once the next session after first week, I'm like, cool, this is what we need to work on. You can't even um, do a push out without it hurting you. You can't even do a Bulgarian split squat without it hurting. Um, you can't do a squat or anything or a deadlift. You can only do a, a mid shin rack pull if you're lucky. So with him, he was a really good example that I can use because we spent all of this time working on this small stuff. And I would say mainly with him, it was working on his knee health mm-hmm. um, because it was something as simple as he couldn't get on the ground to play with his two-year-old yeah. because his knees would kill him so bad or he couldn't walk up the stairs or anything. So we spent a lot of time working on that. And what we did was things like a lot of BFR training, so blood flow restriction training. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do it for pump stuff just so y'all know just by including it with knee wraps is not doing anything yes you're getting a pump you really need to do the pressurized ones it has to be a specific pressure and they actually have a device to track the right pressure and everything think of like a blood pressure cuff mm-hmm. that's what you have to use they're like 800 to a thousand dollars for a full set they're good they work well the wraps work and I tell people to use them because I don't expect them to buy it. But if you are a trainer mm-hmm. in person, I 110% recommend investing in it. You can deduct it over however many years you need to do. Um, it's highly beneficial. So what we would do with him, we would do BFR, warm up on the bike, echo bike for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then we would do lots of hamstring work, lots of glute work, lots of hip work. 
And then before we did anything with a squat or anything, we would do blood flow restriction, leg extension, get as much blood in there as possible. And what, why I like that, it allows you to get a good pump. It allows you to actually train the tissue with a lighter weight. So instead of him using like 200 pounds for leg extension, we can get away with a 70 pound. Sure. Do like a set of 30, 20, 20, and maybe like two more sets of 15 with like 20, 30 seconds rest. Get that full of blood. Now, even though his joints kind of feel good there, he still functionally can't do anything because he's going to resort back to old things he was doing. So at that point, we would hammer some calf work, a lot of ankle work. Because if you think about the knee, the integrity of the knee, you need to think about what wraps around that knee. Absolutely. It it's not yeah. just you go in there and do your leg extensions thing. You have yeah. to think about the quad muscles around the knee. You got the tibia, you got the calf. You need to think about why it's beneficial for the glutes and the hamstrings to be strong as well. Mm-hmm. That we spend all that time working on that. And that before we ever did a squat, all we did was do single leg, uh, think heel raises. It's like a polyquin step up. You can either do a heel raise or you can do it flat. And all we did for the starters was to start flat foot on the um, ground and a light heel touch. It's maybe an inch deep. We did that with body weight, get him used to doing that. Cool. Now we do it banded. So think like banded TKEs, put a band in front, I'm holding it. And now he's got some tension at the top. Great. We do that BFR. Now we add another inch of height, another inch. We work up to six inches. Cool. Now we're ready to go hills elevated. Great. He's able to do that. Awesome. Now let's put a dumbbell on his hand and try to do goblet squats. Let's find his stance. So we spent all that time doing that. And during that time as well, I'm also paying attention to his feet. What's doing? You can see his heels rising. You see that he's not keeping a contact point of all parts of the foot with the ground because of his shoes. Because again, if you are someone that batters knees and issues or back issues or anything, your shoes are important. Oh yeah. This stuff, these Metcons and all this crap, or even Converse's that are have these soles, or you think they're great because whatever bodybuilder says are great, they're not. You need something that has a wide toe box. Yes. You need something that's a completely flat surface, very little support. I like the Vivo barefoot shoes. Mm -hmm. I have two pair. I tell all my clients to do that. If you don't want to spend the 150 to 250, whatever they cost, just do it barefoot. Barefoot. Yeah. If you're in a commercial gym, they're probably going to get on you. Um, he does it barefoot because he's at my place and we're fine. We want to go barefoot in my garage gym all the time. Yeah. Because it's teaching your body to actually get used to walk barefoot. Think about, again, if you have different beliefs about the caveman stuff, but think about back in times before we had all these shoes, you were walking around bare feet. I'm willing to bet they didn't have any knee or low back issues. Um, so we do that. And all I would tell them to focus on is cool. I want all parts of the foot in contacts with the ground at all times. And so we've been working on that. We've been doing things like the sand dune stepper. A lot of times I post videos of that and I always get messages, people talking crap about it. And it's more for mobility or stability training. Okay, cool. Do they message you or do they post on your wall? They message me. Oh, that's good. So yeah. just, I, I'd like to do a little public service yeah. announcement. If you have a question or you're making a statement about someone else's training techniques, in any way, shape or form, your best bet is to message them privately, unless you are being a keyboard warrior and you wanna be a douche, then put it on their wall. Yeah. So douche or non-douche, you get to decide, right? Yeah. (laughs) But I have people message about that all the time because it's more for stability stuff. Sure. But the reason why I use it 
is most people don't have stable knees. Yes. We are focusing on that stuff. But like with him, we've spent all this time doing it that he wasn't really able to do a weight, heavy weighted squat until a few weeks ago. Um, no knee pain, no back pain. He can go sprint and run like it's nothing. And how does He's, he feel about that? He loves it. I mean, he can play with his daughter. I mean, a good example is he used to not be able to do a trap bar deadlift. I have the prime fitness one that you can adjust the handles. And it was basically essentially think of like a very high bar rack pull mm -hmm. because that's all he could do without knee pain. Mm -hmm. And over time we would lower it with him. He is so brutally strong that we only deadlift once every three months. That's all we can do because he beats his nervous system up so bad. He gets inflamed. I don't do it. So today we did it. We hadn't done it since March. So it's been about eight weeks or almost eight weeks. And he felt fine to do it. Did it. We lowered it another inch where the bar is completely flat now. So it's a true depth. And he did 465 or no, 445 for uh, six. He, he easily could have got 10. Jeez. And we stopped it. No straps, no chalk, no knee pain. Mm -hmm. He was not out of breath now like he would have been in the past because of all the conditioning type stuff that we incorporate on his third day um, and just felt great. But that's the type of stuff that maybe a lot of us or bodybuilders or online coaches don't think about is taking the time to work on that stuff, maybe work on conditioning and do all that stuff that when you're in these health phases, you need to take that time to show other ways they can get better because you can't, if someone's in a gut protocol or a hormone protocol or whatever it is, they're not going to see these immediate results all the time. They're still going to be caught up on the physical results of the scale measurements, how they look and that type of thing that you have to find ways for them to see progress that in my mind, it always makes sense with training to start focusing on the stuff that they suck at. Most people suck at, Stability stuff, mobility stuff, anything that involves joint integrity, mm -hmm. anything like that, that now if you do that, they can see start seeing these non-scale victories, which means they're just going to buy in more and more. Yeah. And then when they are finally ready to go, they feel great. Their yeah. joints feel great. Their mental energy is great. With that said, this style doesn't always work for everyone. It just doesn't because some, again, I, me and Kenneth talk all the time. A lot of people that come to us, they need more of a therapist than they do a coach. Sure. Um, and, and they those can't people, they can't get out of their own head enough to go to that place where you need to correct. go. Correct. They can't understand less is best. Yeah. In general, yeah. and those are the ones where you have to have this tough conversation. Be like, this is what I recommend, but um, if you want to do whatever, do whatever. Cool. Come back to me, and then they figure out they're not better. Maybe they're a little bit open or. The relationships end or you have that tough conversation and say hey there's clearly some trauma here there's clearly some sort of addiction problem here mm -hmm. we really need to work on this otherwise you will just be spinning your wheels for years and years and years and i have a few people they've been with me a year very little progress because they won't get out of their head they won't chill out they're not open to being coachable right. again a lot of clients they will bounce from coach to coach thinking it's a coach well, a lot of times the client just not being willing to being coachable. Right. That's the important thing, regardless. You and I can be a great coach, but if someone's not coachable, yeah, nothing's going to happen. And it's it's that piece of understanding that what you've done before hasn't worked for you. Yep. Right. So, and, and I know Kenneth talks about this. We talk about this a lot. Um, and I was this girl, man. I was all cardio all day. 
I did so many marathons and half marathons. All I did was run. Oh my God, running. And I do miss it. I mean, there's part of it that I miss because there is that place where I could go when I went out for a really long run where it was nothing mattered. It was just bliss. Um, I can now find that in the gym, however, but um, I think that that too is a space where you get a lot of these people who are just addicted to the cardio and the cardio. I mean, you talked a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about what you do on that third day with cardio because the conditioning stuff you okay. still do. And that's different, right? You yeah. it's conditioning versus cardio. So let's, I think that's a great place to go now is talk about the difference that you see and how you address that with your, with your athletes. Yeah. So that's something I'm trying to remember why I started adding that in. Um, it's been within the last few months. Um, I, I'm trying to remember why it came about. I think I just, one of the clients was having an issue. I can't remember why, but I hadn't done that solid condition with people in years, maybe since I was like early 20s, mm-hmm. because no one was willing to do it. I could do it in person, but online, they just weren't willing to do it or they weren't doing it as effective. Or sure. um, I do feel us coaches, we kind of go in trends certain places and I'm guilty of it too. I kind of, whatever's next, I kind of get, Oh, I want to do this. I get away from certain things. And now I've kind of circled back to other things. Um, I think with coaching now we go from bodybuilding to functional. Now it's all about as simple as possible. And it's the same thing with training um, that the way I do it, that third day that I would give people, I think of it accessory slash conditioning. So accessory might be, maybe we do more things for again, joint integrity, that type of thing. And maybe, I just make it a bro day or whatever, even if it's female, I can do the same thing. Or maybe it's a male. We Maybe we do some pump stuff, showy muscle day, I guess would be a better term. Mm-hmm. Pump stuff for arms and shoulders, whatever. Um, if they don't have anything serious going on and the female is the same thing, maybe glutes and maybe shoulders. Usually that those are the two things that stand out for females for most of the time. Um but if it's someone that's like a gut health issue, I kind of like this conditioning stuff. And um, <clears throat> when I say conditioning, we're not talking about running a 5K or a marathon or doing or biking for 30 miles or anything like that. We're not talking about that. What this is, is a total body conditioning day. And it's only short spurts. You're not going all out. So it's not really fatiguing your body. And I would say it's a conditioning slash like strongman medley. So if you've ever looked up what a strongman medley is, usually it's like a log press, um, usually some sled work, sandbag carries, farmer's carries, whatever. That's kind of how this turned into and was kind of like a modified conditioning strongman medley that I started using with people. An example of maybe one I would use is um, let's say we get on the echo bike, we pick a certain calorie count we aim for, we pick a speed, I watch you and I determine all that. But you're looking at about a sprint, about 80%. 85 percent effort and it's probably about 20 to 40 seconds maybe which is plenty on an echo bike yeah it's plenty (laughs) because again it's full body um and the reason why i think this works so well is it's so full body that you're usually feel great the next day you're not overly sore because the difference is this when you are doing bodybuilding or physique like training you're doing high rep stuff you're getting that burn you're getting tired you're causing so much inflammation there because that high rep stuff is where all the inflammation comes. It's not the low rep stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the low rep stuff where we get inflammation fatigue, it's CNS driven because we're going for all out max or something like that or doing 
10 sets of one right. of like your 90% load of your 90% max. This is different where you're doing a short spurt. You're taking about 30. Seconds for lungs more than anything is you're just more heart health based. And that's going to benefit your training to begin with. Yes. There's some epoch effect where you've got that post exercise oxygen consumption to burn off some calories, burn off some fat, but it's not quite hit where hit you're going going all out hundred percent and you're dead. Yeah. This is full body where back to the example, let's say echo bike, maybe 30 seconds rest about 30 seconds. Cool. And what I'm going is going something that's more lower body to something that's upper body. Even though echo bike or assault bike has some arm movement, mm -hmm. everyone knows we feel it more in our legs than anything sure. that I still consider that lower body. Cool. Now the next thing we go to, maybe it's uh med ball slams. Think of like a 10 pound med ball, mm -hmm. nothing super heavy. Cause again, we're just trying to be explosive. We're training power. We're training conditioning stuff. Maybe we do that or we do a plyo um, TRX row where it's explosive and then you're controlling it down 30 seconds, rest about 20, 30 seconds. Now we maybe we go into a sled push, a heavier sled push. Um, my people, we just do it uphill mm -hmm. um, or maybe on turf or whatever. Again, you're maybe doing that maybe 30, 45 seconds. Again, take another 20, 30 seconds off. And maybe the last thing they finish off with is farmer's carry. And maybe that's heavy dumbbells. Maybe they use fat grips. I use a lot of different attachments um, like the grenades or um, you can make it the chaos method where you attach bands to the kettlebells or dumbbells and it's going to bounce around, which is further going to train obviously your grip, your forearms, your traps, you're going to have to stabilize your core. Yeah. There's so many things you can do. Then from there, maybe you rest three to five minutes, you fully recover, you go again. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, Cardio, most people that are doing cardio, it's like 30 to like 45 or an hour, and you're just constantly doing it and you're just huffing, huff, puffing. Here you're taking little breaks, mm -hmm. but for that about four minutes that you're working, your heart rate stays about 150 to 160, but it's for a short period of time that I've found that it doesn't worsen any of these issues because we're not even going anywhere close to the brink of failure. If you're doing it right with online, it can be hard if they don't communicate, but if they communicate, you can fine tune things to where it's not failure. Cause you want to go to the brink of failure, but you're not going to straight failure and such a short period of time that your body doesn't even have enough time to get um, exhausted. Do you have, um, do you have your clients record themselves and send it to you? I do. Even, uh, even for the, the uh, conditioning part. I do. Yeah. Okay. If they will. Um, even if it's like hit, if it's a hit session, they have, they're supposed to record it. Um, I always ask for it. I will say some don't and I keep telling them to, mm -hmm. and the telltale sign of whether I can tell someone's doing it or not is a lot of my people, maybe I wouldn't say quite half, maybe 30% of my people are somewhat local to here. Sure. That I'll invite them to come train at the house and I'll say, Hey, I'm going to train you for free or let you do a trial session or whatever. Um, let them get a taste of my services. A lot of times it does turn in them training once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. Um, hotel signs I can tell they're not doing it is when I take you through it and you start throwing up. I know you haven't been doing it, yeah, um, yeah. in general, but yes, I do ask for them to record it because the big key thing here is you can't go to you're not supposed to go straight to failure. Um, and if you are a coach m mapping this out, 
you've got to understand what is too little or what's too much. Um, that's why the so video much easier to see it when you're in person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and if you get the videos, you can, yeah. you can kind of finagle it and figure out what's too hard or not. Yeah. But the, but if you are doing this as a coach, the easy one you can always manipulate is that first movement. Usually with the echo bike. Yeah. That's the main one I change is I just adjust the calories with the speed on there. Mm-hmm. And I have found worth that extremely well. It's a nice full body workout. I like to tell people it's kind of like you ran a marathon race, but you didn't run it. Yeah. Um, these workouts, maybe if you think about most rounds at last five minutes and you rest about five minutes, mm-hmm. usually we do three to four rounds. Maybe usually it's three that this last workout, maybe what 30 minute workout. And then maybe at the end, we do something accessory either before at the end. And that might be, we do weighted uh, knee raises to trans psoas. Maybe we do some calf and tibia work. Um, and then maybe we add some light accessory shoulder or arm work for pump. It's kind of like a more intense active recovery day. Sure. Without it being straight active recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do they respond? Do they enjoy it? Most people Devin, love it. I, they Devin hate it him? during it. They hate it during sure. it, but they love it because I have found like whether it's a person with health issues or not, you're always going to see a benefit in everything. The other reason why I like this is you can make it really um, applicable in the real world. Farmers carry. Yeah. How many times are you having to carry heavy stuff? Sure. Um, one guy's trying to be a cop he can relate this to police academy that we're getting ready for. That's his goal. And we have a year to train for the police academy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play sports, you can relate it to that. Um, there's so many different things that it's very applicable to the world or with those heavy sled pushes. How many times are you maybe pushing a wheelbarrow or a good one that Shoveling. guy uses? Yeah. <laughs> you can do that or lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. Push mower. Yeah. That's one one of the guys that I use it with. He noticed it immediately that now some people laughed and they thought it was like they're like, why is that a big deal? Is he said he mowed the entire yard without having to stop. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a huge deal because he's lost 80 something pounds since that's August. Yeah, and that's-, that's a big deal. And this is why it's important when us coaches post stuff that you think is so easy, you do not know their story. It's really kind of messed up to laugh or make jokes about it. It's just not cool. Yeah. We live in a negative enough world. We don't need you to do that when I'm doing that. But that was something he noticed right away is it helped his day-to-day life. And that's the other reason why I like it is because most of us shouldn't be turds all day. That means if you're not training or doing whatever, you shouldn't be sitting around like a bump on a log. We were made to be Unless you're in bodybuilding from what I've been told. Yeah. Kenneth yeah. tells me that all the time. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta get up and do something. He's like, no, 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 you're a bodybuilder now. Yeah. He's like, because I'm in a building phase, which is yeah. a total like, wow, amazing, eating all the food. And he's like, nope, you should be sitting, sit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, like I just, I'm not a big fan of that. I grew up on a farm in yeah. the country, so to me when you get off of your job, the work is just now starting that you've got a million other things to do. So it's very hard for me to struggle with that or like just sit down and not do anything. To me, there's so many things you could get done 
that the other reason why I like to push for that, especially if you are in any health phases, is you're keeping yourself busy. You're getting stuff done where now you're finding things that is not fitness related that you are accomplishing. Yeah. That is the big thing for any successful phase that no matter how good a protocol is, yeah. if you are so hyper-focused and negative, you're not going to get better because every time you're negative, chemicals come out of your, out of your brain and you yeah. need to look into the research of how negativity actually does impact your health. Yeah. That I do find that keeping people busy, whether it's health or like a prep or a fat loss, you stay busy. You're not going to be thinking about everything that you can actually feel accomplished. Yes. The other reason why I like it is let's say you're cleaning different parts of your house and you find some things, maybe old stuff, that maybe old hobbies. Usually come across that hobby. Now you found something where that is your hobby you can pick up. And now fitness is not your outlet for every single thing. Because I'm telling yeah. you, there's a day that's going to come about that you're not going to be able to train or do something. Yes. That could be you had a catastrophic health issue or I had a car accident. I found at 22 what happens, but you have a car accident, not be able to do anything for months. And I can tell you that if you are not prepared for that, you will lose your mind. Your mental health will take a, call, a toll and it's such a pain in the butt to try to dig yourself out of that hole that that's another reason why I like it is I really do think, no one has hobbies. If I ask people about no. a hobby and they work with me, it's, oh, I like to get my steps in or listen to a podcast. And I will hear a lot of these coaches say the same stuff there, like you and I. And they're like, oh, my hobby is to do continuing education or, or, or get my steps in and read a book. That's not a hobby. It's still related to fitness and your job. It's not a hobby. My right. hobby is going to WWE stuff with my wife and watching trash reality TV <laughs> And just chilling out with our cats. And that's our hobby, like just doing stuff like that. That's kind of how I get away from everything. Reading coaching stuff or reading about the gut or horses or anything, that's not a hobby. If you're a coach and you said it's your hobby, you've got problems. That's the other reason why I think about it. Oh, for sure. And that is a, that is so amazing because we live in a society where we don't do things for ourselves, And mm -hmm. I talk to my clients all the time. What are you going to do today for yourself? I'm going to watch my grandkid or I'm going to go to the baseball game or I'm going to mow the lawn or I'm going to like, no, no, no. For you, just you, not for other people, just you, something that you enjoy. I'm going to go for a walk. Nope, that's not it either. What are you going to do? Because it's so interesting too, as kids, we tried all these hobbies. We had all these things we were so interested in, and we stopped doing that. And it's, so I have a, a population that I work with who are older, who are retired. Yeah. And all of a sudden when you get retired and I'm speaking to you ladies out there, here's what I noticed, just a theory of mine, but here's what I noticed. Men die before women do. If your life is wrapped up in taking care of that man, or doing everything that man wants to do, there will come a time where you're by yourself. And yep. now what do you do? Because sitting and watching TV gets really effing boring. It's not selfish. You, it's no. okay to be selfish about yourself. Everyone deserves the right to be selfish. And it's called self-love. Correct. It's called yes. self-love. Selfish is negative, right? Selfish yes. means you're doing it to a detriment to other people. Correct. Right? There's a detriment to other people. When you're doing self-love things, there's no detriment to other people. Yes. You're just doing stuff. You have to have those hobbies. You have to do that. And if that means scheduling it, by God, schedule it. It's important.
super important. Mental health, physical health, it's all the same thing, people. Yes, 100%. I love that you talked about, I love that you talked about the, the training in such a functional way, because ultimately we may have training goals or physical goals, but ultimately you're going to get to an age where your physical goal is literally, can I get up off the floor by myself? Can I get up off the chair? You know, all those things. And you got to think we are so short-sighted and we're always thinking about short-term. You have to, Play the long game. You have to with everything. It doesn't matter, bodybuilder or not bodybuilder. You have to play the long game, and you've got to prepare yourself for that because there is a shelf life to everything. Um, So I'm very big on connecting the dots with everything. If you don't do that, there's a problem because a good example is when the world went to crap and we couldn't go to the gym at all, no one knew what to do because we're so used to nice shiny machines all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not obviously I can, I'm a different story. I have a lot of crap that in my gym that I can get away with. It. It's fine. Like I always have stuff, but God forbid something else happens. You're going to have to resort to all this stuff. What are you going to do when everything hurts you? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like you're going to have to do something like you're, you're not going to, if you can't use a barbell, if you can't do a pull up or Let's say you have zero access to bands or anything. All you have access to is a pull-up bar, a dip bar, or the floor, and that's it. Cool. This is why it's important to have good relative strength. It's yeah. important to incorporate all that stuff. Yes. Because if you don't, you are royally screwed. We have gotten very uh, spoiled with everything. Technology, gym stuff. We are a very spoiled world and a very spoiled country, and it sucks but you've got to, you've got to do all this stuff. And like, sometimes I'll post and people like, Oh, he's just doing it to be different. Or he's just doing it to make it feel like they're doing something different. It's not, it's, it's doing that because it all connects. It's like a common one I see is all oh, my elbow hurts. Cool. What do you do for your elbow? Oh, nothing. Well, what, how's your workouts look? It's nothing but pulling movements, curls or whatever. And guess what? That entire time you were squeezing something. Mm-hmm. Your forearm and your elbow also functions for extensors. It also has pronation rotation. It does yes. everything. And if you this don't do thing it. connects to other things. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you have elbow. shoulder pain, guess what? Yeah. If your hand, your wrist, and your elbow is not healthy, you will have shoulder pain. Okay. It is all connected. It's the same way with the knee. Yeah. And I say that is because I have such bad, this hand only has about 40% function mm-hmm. and strength that. I had to learn early on at 23 years old that all of this connects and this is why everything hurts. And guess what? If this is messed up and you don't focus on enough, this start side starts to hurt too, because that's something I have dealt with as well is that the other side is going to start taking the brunt of everything. And guess what? You get overuse injuries and inflammation sure. as well. Yeah. So that is why it's important to do all this stuff. Yeah. Maybe pick a couple of days a week, you do it, or maybe you adjust your training. Maybe don't use straps for everything. Maybe every time you do a push movement, maybe you do a pull movement. Maybe do a one to two ratio of that. Yeah. Do that accessory stuff. It's only going to help you in everything, whether it's a gut thing or just a life thing, whether it's a bodybuilder or not. You could be a mom. Yeah. It's all going to benefit you in some shape or form. And, and don't don't ignore it. 
Don't ignore it because like you're saying, you know, when, when that elbow starts to hurt, it's not because of what you just did. It's because of what you've been doing for months. It's like just resting it and taking your curcumin and your healing peptides. Great. It helps, but you did not address it. Just like if you get acid reflux or you have this (laughs) X, Y, Z issue, taking a supplement for it is not the only answer. There's other things that you're doing lifestyle wise. Yes. Be as simple as chewing your food or getting yes. in the right nutrients to make uh, acid. There's so many things that we are just, oh, I'll just take this forever. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works because guess what? There's eventually a point where that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And that you've wasted all this time that now you're at the end. Like now I got to take a step back. Yeah. It's not taking a step back. You're taking more of the scenic route versus taking interstate. Just a detour. It's a yes. detour. It's 100%. a detour. And, you know, it's so great that you say that because um, those detours can lead to really important understandings and talking about training for anyone of any age. um, There's always time. There's always time to build that muscle. There's always time to step back and say, okay, I know I've done all these things and now I'm going to focus on because down the road I'm going to need, right? Um, and I think that's like all the things you're talking about. It just makes me giggle in my head because I was just talking to a lady today and I'm like, girl, I'm 52 years old. I decided I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition. She's like, what? And I think people think that's like, and, but the best part about it, here's the best part about it for me. Like I've never done that. So yeah. that's kind of saying, am I going to step on a stage? I don't know. Don't care. I'm enjoying the process. Like I eat all the food. Yep. Um, but the best part for me is I'm 52 and I'm building muscle and I'm not new to strength training. I've done right. it my whole life, but I'm still building muscle. So when we see, when we see these commercials where they're like, oh, it's literally impossible to build muscle at a certain age and oh, women, menopause is so hard on you. You're like, your life is over. Stop yeah. now. That is not true. You might have to, like Trey says, you might have to back up. And you might have to figure out a better way to do it. And you might have aches and pains and whatever, but that doesn't mean stop. That means take a detour, find a different way. And if that means connecting with Trey, you're going, dude, I need you. I need programming. Or if that means connecting with me or whatever it is, you need to do that because we are playing the long game. Either you take the detour on your own or you'll be forced to. I can yes. tell you it's not fun to be forced to. It's not. Yeah. Take it from two coaches who have great life experience that we don't want you to experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Trey, hey, would you remind us how people can find you and watch your awesome videos? Yeah. Um, you can go to Instagram. It's at Be Opposite Training. Uh, Facebook, you can find me. I share everything on Facebook too. Um, just Trey Bruffy, or you can find Be Opposite Training. LLC. Um, Before we go, Facebook. though, I have to ask you, where yeah. did you get your name? The opposite. Yeah. Um, it came about like when I had got into this. So I was supposed to wrestle in college. I had I had hired a strength coach my going to my senior year of high school you know, to get a college scholarship for wrestling, and um, 
when I decided not to wrestle, it came signing day or whatever. I decided, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not fun. I was like, I'll do bodybuilding. And the guy that coached me was a bodybuilder. He, uh, Chris Edmonds, um, that's who runs John Meadows company. Now he was one of John's coaches before John passed. Um, he had got me into that and I didn't really pick a show. I just like, to me, bodybuilding, you don't have to be a competitor to bodybuild, but in my mind, I had learned at an early age that I'm preparing for what's to come. So I was technically in prep for like two years. It seemed like, um, did the little phase or whatever. And we just started dieting. Cause I got really, really fat because when you're a natural, you're probably going to have to get really uncomfortable, get a little bit fat especially when you're i'm raising my <laughs> hand right now <laughs> a little uncomfortable yeah especially when you're like 18 like your testosterone's to the roof you just got to take advantage of it it's okay to get fat right now it's not gonna be forever and we just kept dieting and dieting and um and something we had had a conversation and someone's like oh what are you dieting for i was like oh i don't know just doing it for the fun of it honestly going through <laughs> the process and me and chris had had this conversation and the whole thing was like he would always say and i would say i'm gonna just be opposite of everyone mm. no matter what it was i was always i always viewed myself that way like whether it was a sports or work or whatever i was just always going to be opposite of everyone else cool people at the end of practice don't want to work hard or want to be done i'm going to keep drilling i'm going to be opposite or i'm going to stay and clean up the mats even though it's not my job mm -hmm. um if it's training if if I'm feeling like crap, may, I'm going to be opposite and push through it. Or maybe if it's a holiday, I was going to push through it. This is where it can get kind of toxic. But the way be opposite came about was just that. I just had developed this mindset that I was going to be opposite of every single person in order to reach my goals. And I had started coaching at 17 and I hadn't developed the name until like 2015 is when I developed it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was right around my first show. And I said, oh, that'd be a cool name. And it just kind of turned into that. It, it's just one of those things. That I just tell everyone, like, our goal should be just be opposite of everyone else. As, if someone isn't willing to make some healthy lifestyle changes, we're going to be opposite. If someone is going to not take care of the health, cool, we're going to be opposite of that and take the time to do that. So that's just kind of how it came about. And it's always stuck. And um, I always thought it was just a cool thing i didn't want to be known as team trey or whatever <laughs> i didn't want some weird thing it's just right i'm a very plain jane dude very generic average guy that just be opposite was kind of catchy but it was also very plain jane where it wasn't flashy just like the logo isn't flashy it's white and blue and just says be opposite and big bold yeah, but I can tell you when I wear my shirts out, everyone stops and says, "Oh, who's that?" I was like, "Oh, that's my training company or whatever. Um, it's my business." And then it always a, a conversation starter. I have gotten people to talk to me and be interested in that. Just going to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. That that's just kind of how it came about. I just think we live in a very toxic world and nasty and negative people and just everything sucks. It yeah. seems like now that I just that couldn't mean more now is just the be opposite of everything else true no matter what it is yeah i love it i love it thank you for telling that story that's amazing yeah, i'm glad i asked because that's that's truly what it's about right is 100%. what what you hear happening and what people say to you and what social media tells you hmm be opposite of that 
And that's yes. probably where you're going to find your success. Correct. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Trey, thanks for being my co-host yeah. today. Thank you. I totally appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you would like to get a hold of Trey, I will definitely put his contact information below in the show notes. If you have questions for us, go ahead, drop them in the comments. You can text, um, Instagram message, whatever you want to do. Um, find us all over social media so that we can answer your questions. Uh, love helping you guys out today. Trey, thanks so much for being here. I know Kenneth really appreciates it. I'm pretty sure he's stressed to the max trying to uh, help his his athletes win his pro card today. So we're going to yep. send him some love too. So um, love to everyone. Have